Wel, good morning, church. Um, goeiemorgen. Yeah. So, this morning I'm going to start a little differently because Gideon's noticed that I usually start on a little bit of a serious note and he, he said, David, can you just keep the tradition and bring a joke? <laughs> so, bear with me. I'm going to tell you two jokes, two blonde jokes. But because that's so politically incorrect, I've got one for them and one for us. In other words, one for his one and a her one. So I'll start off with a his one. So there's a, there's a couple of guys, they get out of a truck, big blonde fellas, and um, this couple's looking at them out of their window and, and they, they get busy. This guy, new subdivision, grass berm, fella gets out, digs a hole. Guy comes in behind him, fills the hole. They go, carry on. Guy digs a hole, the fella behind him fills it in, and they watch him, and they, they do this all day. Like, they've gone up one side of the street and all the way back down the other, and this woman is absolutely perplexed, and she goes out to him and she said, um, you've worked really hard, she says, but I, I kind of don't get it. You know, one of you's digging a hole and the other one's filling up the hole. Yeah, well, there's normally three of us, but the guy that plants the tree couldn't come today. So, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So now, women always like to get things in the post. We know that. So the, the courier comes, knocks at the door. This is just last week. And uh, COVID thing has to leave the, the envelope on the ground. And this blonde lady comes out and she looks down and there's this huge envelope and a big, bold writing on it. It says, do not bend. She's still trying to work out how to pick it up. Okay, all right, so, <laughs> so, we've, so we've got that out of the way, praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm married to one. I'll explain it later. <laughs> But anyway, so we're on, a, we're on a journey of faith, and that's been the theme. And when Gideon said, David, can you, can you bring a word? Um, I'd like you to bring it Waitangi weekend, which is sort of midway through our 21 days of prayer and fasting or 21 days of, of praise and, and prayer. And I said, yes, as I always do, and then I go into fear and trepidation and wonder what on earth I'm going to bring. And I was praying, and it was like the Lord said, I want you to look at the book of Zechariah. Okay, I have never even, I would have to confess, really read it or got into it. So the two things came to me, R&D, which is research and see what develops. And as I opened the book, it was almost like the Lord said, no, I don't want research and development. We need revelation and discernment. We need revelation and discernment from the word of God to have faith so I started to, to look at the, the book of Zechariah, and it's, a, it's quite an amazing book. It's one of the minor prophets. He's, uh, he writes at the time of the rebuilding of the temple, just after they've come back from the exile in Babylon. 
He, he follows Haggai, who gives a direct word to the people, get on and build the temple. They, they've, they pause for a while, they get discouraged, and they get about building their own homes and their own lives, and, and then Zechariah comes along. And in the first chapter, or the first verse of the first chapter, the whole book is summarized, and I'll read that to you. So in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying. How is it that the whole story is summed up in this? The name Zechariah means God remembers. The name Berechiah means God blesses. The name Edo is at the appointed time. So here's this man coming to bring an encouragement to the people to rebuild the temple. He brings a word from the Lord. And often I think that we look at the the prophetic in the Old Testament and we see it as a time where God has brought judgment on his people. And he sends them into exile and then after he's satisfied that they've learned their lesson, he calls them home again. And as I pondered this, it was like the Lord turned the whole thing upside down. He has such a love for his people that he was longing for their return to Jerusalem. He was longing for the rebuilding of the temple. He was longing to restore them in order that rejoicing would come again. The book of Zechariah is one of the most amazing prophetic books in the Old Testament. It's the longest of of the minor prophets. And it's what they would call apocalyptic, which means it's not just written in everyday language that we might understand, but there there are many visions in it. There are eight visions that come to him in one night. They, and the visions come in, in the form of pictures. So the pictures tell a story, and these stories are for the present and for the future and for the distant future. So in order to unravel this, in order to unpackage this, we need to have revelation and discernment. We need to understand what God is saying in the present. If I might say it, we can turn around and learn from the past but our hope is in the future. Interestingly, we said we had the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our faith. But I would say to you at this time that the return of Jesus Christ is our hope. The promises in the word of God must become the substance of our faith. It's the revealed word of God that brings inspiration and revelation, and that brings revival. The revealed word of God is inspiration, which brings revival. If we have the written word of God, and it's just read, we'll end up with information and religion. People, if there was ever a time when we needed to be revived in the word of God, it's now. 
Whenever there was a time where we need to have faith in our God, it's now. If there was ever a time when we needed to have a hope for something more, it's now. There are some key phrases in the book of Zechariah. Some key phrases. In that day is one of them. In that day, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And he he appears to, to Zechariah as the Lord of hosts and he declares to him, in that day, in that day, And that day can mean a measure of time, an era. But in that day, the Lord of hosts speaks to Zechariah. And then there's another phrase, and this is the one that really got me. Then you will know. Then you will know that I am the Lord God Almighty. Then you will know that I am the King of glory. Then you will know. Then you will know because I've written it, and now I've declared it, and now I have I have fulfilled it. The word of God is being fulfilled before our very eyes. The first eight chapters in the book of Zechariah deal primarily with the people and with the temple, with the restoration, with the return. See, the people had come back and they'd got about building their houses. They were discouraged. They were a minority. They were a small number. And in the book of Zechariah, there's that famous verse that we often quote, do not despise the time of small beginnings. Zechariah came and he gave a word of hope. He speaks to the leaders of the day. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. The, The prince from the line of David is Zerubbabel. So he is at that time probably destined to become king of Israel. And there is the high priest Joshua. And in one of the visions that is given to Zechariah is to, to make a crown from the, from the gold and the silver and to place it on the head. But he places it not on the head, of the prince as a coronation of the king but he places it on the head of Joshua and says from now on I want you to look forward to a royal priesthood it's a foretaste of the coming of Jesus Christ there are so many messianic prophecies in the book of Zechariah just to throw I can't go through them and and open the book and read it all out but but there is, they talk about the 30 pieces of silver and the potter's field. It's there in the book of Zechariah. It says that the, there is as many messianic prophecies in the book of Zechariah as the book of Isaiah if you take the number of pages. It's an extremely messianic book and it's a messianic book for the first coming and for the second coming. It was a messianic book for a time of the rebuilding of the temple. And he says to Zerubbabel, then they will know, then they will know when the capstone is placed on the temple of the Most High God and everything has been restored and worship is restored and rejoicing is restored, your strength is restored, your hope is restored. And he says in one verse that we all know, that we quote and we've heard preached on many times, I'm sure it's not by might, 
It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This little group of people are surrounded by great nations, by many enemies. And it says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. Look to me, the Lord of hosts, then they will know that I am your God and you are my people. And when I restore Jerusalem, my glory will be restored. And they will look upon you and they will see me. I'm the Lord of hosts. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If ever there was a word that we needed now, church, it's that. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by military might. It's not by power. It's not by political power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And you need to see that my call was for your return, that you might repent, that I might restore you, that there might be rejoicing. It wasn't the heart of God to exile his people. It was the heart of God to bring them home. We see that in the story of the prodigal son. It was the heart of the father to bring him home. People like, I don't know if I was going to say this, but it worries me that there's such a focus on a pandemic and a vaccination that we've become more concerned about the vexed and the unvexed than we have about the saved and the unsaved. About the lost, lost and found. It's the heart of heaven is to bring us home. It's the heart of the Father. I saw the Old Testament turned upside down and I saw the love of God for his people. He said in, in, in the latter half of the book, from chapters 9 to 14, 1 to 8 deal with the people and the restoration. It deals with the, with the temple and the rebuilding. 9 to 14 is, this, is the first coming and the second coming of Jesus. It even speaks of him coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. They knew that scripture. They knew the scripture well. Because by the time Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, the leaders were no longer the kings. They were the priests. They had the word of God. They knew the word of God. They knew the Messiah was coming. And they knew that he would ride triumphant. And they knew he was coming in on a donkey. See, it's not by might. It's not by power but by my spirit, says the Lord. When he rode in on a donkey, they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the King of David. Or to, they saw Jesus from the line of David. But he didn't come as a king to bring political rule and reign. No, he will. That's his second coming when he will rule for the millennium, when the rule and reign of heaven will come to earth, when everything will be put in order, when judgment finally comes. That's when the political rule and reign shall be upon his shoulders. The government shall be upon my shoulders, says the Lord. But at this time, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our flesh. It's not by our intellect. 
but it's by the revelation of the word of God. When we have a revelation of him, he's our Lord and our Saviour. He's our Father. And we see his love for us. We walk in obedience for him. A question was asked of Zechariah from the people of Bethel. They'd come down to Jerusalem and they were seeking him. And they had this question, shall we keep the feasts and the fasts, and in particular the fasts? Shall we continue in our fast? And why would they have been fasting two months of the year? They, they had a fast because of the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And the word of Zechariah came to them and he said, you did not fast unto the Lord. You fasted out of your self-pity. Wow. You turned your fasting into something religious and something self-centered. He said, I want you to fast. Yes. Fast from your sin. Fast from your selfishness. What about the feasts? The Feast of Tabernacles is how it all concludes. See, the Feast of Tabernacles is the most extraordinary feast. It's when they are looking for the Messiah. I want us to catch something this morning. Something profound about his love. In the Feast of Tabernacles, on the eighth day, there's a wedding. There's a wedding on the eighth day. And the Jewish tradition marries the word of God. And they go back to Genesis 1.1 and they start their way through the Torah again for another year. They missed it. They missed it. The father is looking for a bride for his son. We're not married to the written word of God. We become the bride of Christ. When he returns, we become his bride to rule and reign with him for eternity. Now there's something about the love of God that's displayed in that one image husband has such love for his wife God has such love for his people that he wanted to see the restoration of the temple that his glory might be seen upon the nations there's another amazing prophecy in this book for the Jewish people they will look upon the one they pierced and they shall mourn. But my grace will change their hearts in a day and they will serve me. See, then they will know. Then they will 
because there's been a revelation of the resurrected Christ. We walk in that revelation. We walk in that love. Zechariah, the God who remembers. Berechiah, the God who blesses. Edo, at the appointed time. Whatever we're facing at this time, we have a hope. He's returning. Hallelujah. He is returning. He's going to restore all things. There shall be no tears. There shall be no pain and there shall be no suffering. See, what Zechariah was doing was he was putting back into their hearts faith. He was planting back into their hearts hope. The problem that they had before them had become bigger than the promises of God. It's now for us to see the King of glory, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven, heaven's armies is for us. He declared that to them. Don't worry about the enemies that are encamped around you for the Lord God Almighty is with you. And if he be for you, who will be against you? He said, get on and rebuild the temple, restore the walls. And then he said that your number will become such a multitude that I, I the Lord, will become your wall, your wall of fire. Because I'm preserving my bride for my son. I'm sending back. 2,000 years of Jewish history. And I'll close with this. 2,000 years of Jewish history can be split into four parts. It started in Genesis where there's a love relationship between man and God. And it shifted. And they were led for 500 years by the patriarchs, the fathers. In the next 500 years, by the prophets who would bring the word of God to the people. The next 500 years, the princes or the kings who would try and bring godly order to the people. Final 500 years, by the priests who would bring the spiritual revelation to the people while they stood and interceded between God. And I saw something in that. The heart of the Father wanted to be in every part of the leadership of his people. He wants to lead us with his love. But they drifted. See, when a father speaks to a son, it's intimate and it's close. But when it's the prophet, it's one step removed. When it's the king making the rules to try and bring godliness, it's a further step removed. Now it's the priest interceding on my behalf and I'm not even part of it. Zechariah placed the king, the crown on the king. Zechariah was a prophet from a priestly line. The prophet, the priest, and the king are seen in the leader of Jesus who points us to the Father, our Father, because we're married to him. It's amazing love. 
God's amazing grace. It's an amazing book. Then they will know. Then they will know. And I've restored the hearts of the people to the Father. And I've restored the house of God to worship. Then I will be seen. This morning, people, there's a call from the book of Zechariah to live in faith because of the risen King and to live in hope because he's coming again. In the book of Daniel, he opened the window of God's promise. In the book of Zechariah, he opens the window of opportunity. We're standing in that time. This is the window of opportunity to reveal him, to know him. The Feast of Tabernacles is coming back for a bride, for the one he loves, for the one he died for. And that's you, and that's our hope that he be glorified. might be this morning that somebody here or somebody online doesn't know that love that you're still walking in rejection of that love in rebellion of that love the heart of him this morning is that you would return that he might restore you that you might rejoice that your name too is in the Lamb's book of life. There's always an invitation to come back. There's always an invitation to come home while there's a window of opportunity. That's you this morning. And you feel that tug on your heart to come home, to be restored to the Father who loves you. You understand in your heart that you rejected him, that you rebelled. This is a moment to be restored because of the blood of the Lamb that was shed for you. That's you, just raise your hand. That's you, just put your hand on your heart. Make peace with God this morning. Lord, I come home. once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see revelation and discernment in Jesus name